Welcome to From the Den Podcast, providing Bears and NFL fans alike with compelling news, discussion, and debate. I'm your co-host, Benjamin, joined alongside my dear friend and co-host, Orin. Hey, Benjamin, let's get right into it. As always, kickoff starts now. All right, welcome to episode 27 of From the Den. This is like take maybe three or two after we had some technical difficulties. We're trying some different strategies or just different methods to record. We're trying to make it simpler for you guys, make it sound better maybe, but it ended up it ended up just being a little bit of a hassle. But I'm still chilling here outside since we've got this nice Chicago weather. I decided I might take advantage of it. Great week of football here in week four. Although both my fantasy team and my Chicago Bears lost, uh, my picks still went 12 and four, which were nice. Not as good as Oren. Sorry. Not as bad as Oren, of course, who went 10 and six. 10 and six. That's right. For now, I think I'm four picks ahead of Oren, and we're going to keep it that way with week five, I assume. Anyway, let's jump right into these picks for or not picks just the review of week four starting off with broncos jets i have no idea why bron why orin picked the jets i mean they are just a failing organization they've got Darnold and Le'Veon bell who maybe have some hope but under head coach adam gase there's nothing that can get done there makes sense that the broncos won in my opinion despite the fact that they were so injured broncos get it done here 37 to 28 all right on to the next game saints versus lions um, the Lions really started off hot, got 14 in the first quarter, but then the Saints got 21 to the Lions zero in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. From then on, it just the game went on. And I mean, the Lions have been playing well against good competition, but I mean, their record won't show it. And that's all that matters. Yeah. Lions are going to do what the Lions are going to do. And the Saints saved themselves from the terrible one and three, which would have been bad for Saints fans and the Saints. So moving on to Chargers Buccaneers, kind of a crazy game, a lot of storylines going on here. First of all, let me just spew some cool statistics. So Tom Brady has thrown a pick six in four of his last six outings. That's including this game. Uh, And the difference between Tom Brady and Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert or Tom Brady is almost two times Justin Herbert's age since Brady is 43 and Herbert is 22. They were showing a bunch of graphics like that at the game. Uh, And finally, Justin Herbert has thrown for over 300 passing yards in all three of his first three games. He's the only quarterback to ever do that, I believe. I don't know. Something like that. Anyway, very impressive. Exciting game, to say the least. Justin Herbert threw for some long touchdowns, but the more experienced quarterback gets the job done. uh, And Justin Herbert throws an interception at the end. Yeah, Tom Brady and the offense really look like they're beginning to click, even without Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. And despite the pick six, you know, I think that better days will be ahead. And once they do fully get in full steam, uh, they can go on a run, especially if it's near the postseason, they can go on a nice postseason run. Yeah, and I mean, it's Tom Brady, so who knows? But Justin Herbert's looking really good. I'm not going to pick the Chargers to go make the playoffs, but Justin Herbert is playing very well. Yeah, if you're a Chargers fan, you should be pretty hopeful. Yeah. All right, on to the Bengals-Jaguars. I mean, this is, a, this is a game that they put on Comedy Central. Um, that's, their, that's their famous line. But you yeah. know what? It's not that terrible, just at least because there's some hopeful guys on both teams. Like, I don't know, just Joe Burrow, at least Bengals are at least a little bit hopeful. Yeah, but Joe Burrow comes out with his first win. The Bengals look good against a bad team. They won't win many games. This is one of the few that they'll win. But, I mean, good for them. Yeah, good for them. By, uh, moving on to Vikings-Texans, one of my favorite picks of this week. I went with my gut. 
even though I wasn't super hot on either of these teams, I now kind of have some faith in the Vikings. You know, like we were talking about in the last episode, going 0-4 is digging your own grave. 0-3 is, of course, a terrible position to be in as well. But there's some recovery. Once you go 0-4, you know, you're kind of done for. And that is why, part of the reason why at least the Texans fired head coach Bill O'Brien after this loss. They lost 31-23. to And I think that the... Well, I thought the Vikings would dip this year. I think they're better than an 0-4 team. Uh, Justin Jefferson is inspiring some hope. And this young defense was still looking exploitable. But uh, I think Mike Zimmer can pull something out of his back pocket. And they might be able to go on a run throughout the rest of the season. I'm not ready to count the Vikings out just yet. I'm not going to count the Vikings out. But the chances are very slim considering that I think they're playing the Seahawks next week. And a 1-4 and start is quite quite poor and they're not going to win many more games considering that they still have hard competition to come. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to pick them, but you know, they're, they're, they're better than a, a, even they're better than a one and three team. So we'll see, but the Vikings prove that they're, that they're still, that they're still competing for a playoff spot, that they're not fully out of it. Yeah. All right. On to Seahawks dolphins. And like I said, the Seahawks are going to win, but by little, they're going to, they're not going to dominate. You thought this was going to be over that game. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be a closer game. Yeah. And even, even, though this even though this doesn't go towards my picks, I'm going to take it for, I'm just going to take this one. Yeah, you took, I, I mean, I'd like to see that betting odds on this game, but yeah, I will definitely admit, admit I was wrong in that aspect, especially the score was nine to 10 at halftime. And then I think the Seahawks pulled away late. It actually, you know, the Dolphins scored somewhat of a trash time touchdown. So neither of us were that wrong, but it was definitely looking at the first half and looking at the majority of the game. Uh, it was closer than I expected. Yeah. And I mean, Fitzpatrick looked pretty bad. Um, I'm excited to see when they put in Tua. I mean, yeah. Burrow is in running away with the rookie of the year and Tua, if he steps in and does well, who knows, maybe my lecture with you will. Like, yeah. I, yeah, like, yeah. Maybe the lecture will pay off. Yeah, check that lecture out. Orn and I had a long 20-minute around. I think I timed it about Joe Burrow versus Tua. That was a fun episode. That so, was a- Browns-Cowboys, honestly, one of the games of the week. Just so many things I could talk about in this game. You know, I'm just going to have some takeaways. First of all, I'm going to say, Oren, do you think the Browns are legit after this game? Because the Browns, first of all, Browns get the win here 49-38. to So, my first question is, because I think that this is a game we can go a little bit more in-depth on, are the Browns legit? Um, am I ready to say that they're going to make the playoffs? No. Are they playoff contenders? Yes. And yeah. I think they've, they've proven to me that throughout these three games that they are a bit more than what people expected them to be. Just a bit more. These people <laughs> yeah. said that they're going to do, people said that they're going to I be mean, playoff. They are rolling. It's not, it's not like they're winning ugly or anything. You know, the Bears won three straight games and they were all pretty low scoring. Yeah. I mean, actually, they weren't that low. But the Browns are putting up 30 plus in all three of those games. Yeah, but I mean, you know, yeah, you're right. They, they haven't played great teams, but, you know, they still won and it's pretty good for them. But I'm excited to see what happens when they play a quality team because this team especially is a team that hasn't proven anything to anyone, has all the talent in the world. And they played a good team and they completely played terrible week one. So, I mean, I'm not ready to say that the, the Browns are a playoff team because they need to beat the Ravens and they need to beat the Steelers. But until they do that... Yeah, yeah, sorry. But my second question to you is, I don't know how to phrase this, but basically, what do you think about the Cowboys? Are the Cowboys, are you ready to count the Cowboys out yet? 
Uh, have they no, been underplaying, even overplaying? Um, okay, they've been completely underplaying, but you can never count the Cowboys out, not because their team is good, but because their division is so awful. bad. Not awful. I mean, it's. I was watching ESPN, and Stephen A. Smith said that they should that, – that even whoever wins that division shouldn't even be allowed to get the home field advantage. That's just not fair. Yeah, that is true. That does make sense. But there's no way to enforce it. But, like, in theory, they shouldn't. Yeah. But, I mean, who knows? I yeah. Mean, um, the, the Cowboys' defense is playing incredibly poor. And even if Prescott and the offense are doing well, they're behind most of the game, which is something that the Cowboys, who have actually a very talented defense, need to step up. Yeah, I don't think it's totally fair to just trash this Cowboys team. Of course, that's what everyone loves to do because it just it's a meme. But... Dak Prescott's playing out of his mind. He, I think, is throwing like 500 passing yards a game. No, he threw 500 passing yards this game. Something with 500 passing yards. They've got great weapons. This offense has incredible potential, and it's been putting up insane numbers so far, even in losses. Like these past two games, they put up their fair share of points, but now this Cowboys defense has got to step up. Yeah, I 100% agree. I mean... The Cowboys' defense just needs to step up because their offense is coming and doing the job. It's just their defense. And, I mean, the thing about it, the only game they won was a, was a comeback. It was so a remarkable were, comeback, yeah. So they really haven't had – so they have you, not had a statement win yet. Exactly. When not you look at close. a team that was supposed to go 10-6, and 11-5, and five, people had them winning the Super Bowl, and you see them going 1-3, and three, but that 1-3 and three isn't representative of how, how they're playing. The 0-4 oh would be more representative of how they've played. Somewhere mm-hmm. in between. I mean, it's not very convincing. Yeah. Who knows? All right. On it now, because I just want to ask a question about this game. So sorry if I interrupted, but just oh, good. Panthers Cardinals. I have this theory that I'm really starting to believe that Christian McCaffrey might not be that crucial to the Panthers team. I've, I've brought this up a few times now. Panthers are getting wins without Christian McCaffrey. And Mike There's Davis not- is looking great in the process. And this so- isn't trying to diss Christian McCaffrey. I know we talked about this in the last episode, so I'm not going to go on for it too long, but this is just alarming. And okay, so here's a question I'm going to ask for you about this game. Does this Panthers-Cardinals game say more about the Panthers' skill or the Cardinals' inability? You know, does this win prove that the Panthers are a legit team or prove that the Cardinals are, you know, they've been overhyped or a little bit of both? Both. It proves that the Cardinals have been a bit overhyped by me, by you, by most people. And mm-hmm. it also proves that the that the Panthers are not a 5-11 team. They're an 8-8 eight eight team, a 7-9 team. And mm-hmm. now I have a question to ask you. I've been I mean, the Panthers have won their – wait, who did the Panthers play last week? I'm not sure. But I'm pretty sure they won week three. Yeah. Let me check. No, no. Panthers beat the – oh, no, that's week two. Sorry, one sec, because I – yeah, Panthers beat the Chargers. Week yeah. three. So, no, I have a question. Yeah, go on, go I have on. I a question for you. Mm-hmm. This is something I've been advocating for a while, and I think that this kind of proves my point more to you. Mm-hmm. Our running back, should you ever pay a running back? Because you look at the greatest, the best running back in the NFL right now, and he seems not even valuable to his team. Should you ever pay a running back? Is that your question? No. Should you pay running back top-tier money? Because it's been proven over and over again that paying running backs don't work work because they get injury prone. They're easily replaced. And it just does. It just proves over and over that. Okay. I'm not here. I'll put it this way. I'm not about to say that there's never a circumstance 
where paying your running back doesn't make sense. But I will say that coaches in the future should be a lot more cautious in giving their running backs money. I think that there are some coaches who want to run their entire offense around a particular talent. But with that said, if you're going to, if I'm going to tell one of my friends, just a random person, name a running back who seems to be the entire offense of a team, they would probably say Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. It's interesting because even Christian McCaffrey, a guy who is totally, you know, people would think of him as the entire Panthers offense. The Panthers are doing stuff without Christian McCaffrey. So I think that is what makes your question interesting. And I just kind of, although I was about to say something, I kind of backpedaled there. I definitely understand what you're saying, but I still do think that there are some circumstances when it makes sense to pay a running back, but coaches should definitely be more cautious uh, and understanding that running backs are the most expendable player in the NFL. Yeah. And what I find interesting is that even if you look at, for example, like a team, people always bring up the Vikings and Dalvin cook, he's their whole offense rather than Dalvin cook. He's a great player, but rather than Dalvin cook being their whole offense, when Dalvin cook was hurt, Madison and Mike Boone had good games as well. Maybe it's not that the running back is so important. Maybe it's the scheme that makes the running back so good. And the Giants, the Saquon Barkley had six yards week one. I get he's playing the Steelers, but he had six yards, right? The, the Giants are statistically at getting more yards. I get that's because they're playing worse competition, but it's not like Saquon is doing so much better. It might be more the scheme and the players around you than the running back themselves. Yeah, I, mean, well, I think Saquon's a great talent, but I still understand what you're saying. I mean, I think at the current moment, there is no running back I would be willing to pay $16 million a year, 15. There, there's none. Mm-hmm. I can't think of one single one that I would be willing to pay. Because look, look at the Bears. They got Montgomery in the third round. And you know who's still available there? Um, Daryl Henderson was taken a bit before. Miles Sanders was taken a bit before. They had, um, what's his name? Devin Singletary they could have taken. All these running backs. Yeah. There are a few more that I'm not thinking of. You could have taken all these starting average running backs in the third round. Instead of instead of going in the first round for taking a, a bit a, a bit better running back who will last you a bit more a bit longer and will be a bit more productive, I don't see its worth. But we're getting a bit off topic. We'll talk about this another time. Yeah. Uh, oh, just a correction. I realized Titans Steelers were on a bye, of course, because of that whole Corona thing. So I guess I went eleven and four this week. Yes, I guess I went. Yeah, I must have went. I lost, I think, I don't know, whatever. Um, all right, Ravens-Washington. The Ravens beat the Washington football team 31-17. to It was a pretty convincing win, but also it was against the Washington football team. So let's not get our hopes high that Lamar Jackson's finally found his groove again. Okay. This is, this, is, this is what Lamar Jackson's expected to do. So, I mean, I'm not ready to say Lamar Jackson's finally found what he had last year. Uh, yeah, I'll just, I mean, I understand what you're, where you're coming from, but this is definitely the team that, you know, is beneficial for the Ravens to play after that embarrassing loss against the Chiefs. It could set them on the right course to get that nice motivating win. Um, Washington, the first game was a flash in the pan, it's looking like. It might have shown more about the Eagles not being a great team. Uh, Washington does, like, they're not the worst defense in the NFL, so I won't say then again, but it, you know, good win for Washington. I mean... <laughs> Good win for Baltimore. Yeah, only if Washington won. I mean, if only if Washington won. All right. Yeah. to Rams-Giants. The Rams won 17-9, and I think this game was more – I think this game showed more about the Rams than it did about the Giants because the Giants just aren't a good team. Daniel Jones is very bad. If you look at his stats, he, I, it's very bad. Like, 
I mean, I expected him to be pretty solid this year. The problem about Daniel Jones is that his stats last year didn't even show the whole story. Daniel Jones has two touchdowns and five interceptions, a 68.3 passer rating. And that's not even talking about his fumbling issue. That's how many fumbles does he have? I don't know, but last year he had 17. Yeah, I, I know he fumbled one against the Bears. That's all I know. Yeah. Let me check. Fumbles, I think he has two this year. Yeah, two. Mm-hmm. So he has three touchdowns and eight turnovers. So, I mean, I'm not ready to say anything that good about him yet, but or anything good at all. But, I mean, the Rams beat this very poor, depleted Giants team by eight. I think that shows that either the Rams just had a bad game or whatever. I'm not ready to say anything about the Rams, but, I mean – it shows that the Rams do have weaknesses and that they can be exploited because the Rams were looking pretty good before this. Yeah. I mean, this kind of reminds me of that Rams Cowboys game. I think it was 2017 in that game. Uh, Giants kept it close. I'm going to give some credit to them. Unlike you for keeping it close. I heard that they were blitzing the Rams a lot. I think they schemed well for this game and maybe Joe judge can do something with this team when they're, um, then when they've got Saquon back, even though you think that Saquon is worthless. I know, I know, I know. It's just a joke. Uh, Sean McVay is one of the most brilliant minds in the NFL. Just a little homage to him, homage. Um, They totally adjusted to a run-first offense with this three-committee running back thing. You know, they're one of the most pass-heavy offenses in the league, or one of at least middle of the NFL with those three wide receiver things. And then uh, last year, the Rams played the Ravens and got destroyed, and all kudos goes to head coach Sean McVay of the Rams for adjusting to that. And now, you know, they're more of a run, run heavy team, which I think was unexpected, but it just shows he's a guy who can adjust to what he has and what works best. You know, you have an elite, you know, you have an elite coach when they're able to adjust based on their players and we'll get into the, into the bears later, but you can tell Matt Nagy is trying to run the ball, but he just cannot do that. And that's how, you know, he's not elite. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll okay. get to that later. I was just yeah. use him as an example. So Bills Raiders, like I was saying, I think Raiders will play good teams tough. The Bills are looking legit, like I said. Defense, yeah. well, I, I'm not going to. I said a bunch of this stuff last year in that last episode, but Josh Allen, great guy. Just great man. Yeah, he's good. I'm not going to call him MVP, but he's doing what the Bears wanted Trubisky to do. I'm going to say this over and over every podcast over and over because it makes me really sad to think about what if the bears had Josh Allen, but that wasn't even the same draft. So yeah. But I mean, Josh Allen and Trubisky are very similar talents. Yeah. Yeah. But also Josh Allen's playing way above what he people even thought of him. Yeah. yeah. Now he's now like a legitimately accurate passer. People thought he might be more of a run first guy, which is what Trubisky was since he, you know, they've definitely got that same build, that tall athletic, you know, they have a running ability, but, Josh Allen's accuracy has just gone through the roof this um, this offseason and the start of this season. And I think that a lot of credit goes to Coach Sean McDermott and the quarterbacking staff of the Bills. And that just makes you wonder what could be of Trubisky if he had better coaching or is he just a lost cause for any team in the NFL? I mean, we'll, 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 we'll never know until a year or two when he's on another team. But. <laughs> oh, okay. On to the Eagles 49ers. It's a game I got right and you got wrong. You just need to point that out. Make me yep. feel better about myself. Yep. Always uh, pointing it out to make himself seem better. Classic horns. Um, no, so the Eagles won by five. I mean, the Eagles beat a team with Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard. And I don't know why, but I saw Nick Mullins on the bench and it made me so sad. He was like, 
he got benched, and I don't know what it was. I just felt so bad for him. Um, but no, I mean the the Four Niners. This game doesn't prove anything to me. For it only proves that they're a solid team. That the 49ers were able to compete with an Eagles team who, let's get it straight, are they're not a good team, but the 49ers had to put in their third string quarterback and still only lost by five. And I mean, I don't I don't really know what else you want from a from a team. Yeah, just a few comments I'd like to make on that game. Um I picked the 49ers to win that one very nearly did. On that final drive, I don't understand. Were you watching the game, Orn? Yeah. So on that final drive, Chris Collinsworth was saying, it makes sense. You know, you don't want to spike. You want to keep the unit out. But I think they burned like 20 seconds or something. Because first of all, they didn't run any, not one play went out of bounds. It's not one play. And they had zero timeout. So what's that all about? And then also they didn't spike the ball. And then they ended with having to go Hail Mary from like the 30-yard line. I don't know. I mean, I understand that there was only like one minute left in the first place. But I just felt like it was strange to me that they didn't spike. Maybe, I, I mean, I'm not in on some intel. Maybe I can take Chris Collinsworth's word, but you know what I'm saying? It's not, I, I agree, but I'm not even talking about spiking. I watched that game and I was like, this is bad quarterbacking and not good quarterbacking. Kept throwing it over the middle. Throw it out of Beathard. bounds. Throw it to receiver near out of bounds. At DJ Bathard, you mean? Yeah. Either. Yeah, that's what I was saying. He, didn't, he just kept throwing it over the middle. And I understand also the Eagles defense is, of course, trying to force passes up the middle. So that it might be just what's more open, but it's strange that not one player got out of bounds on that final drive. I don't know if that's Shanahan or if it's Beathard, but if you throw it into the middle, you throw it deep into the middle. Because if they're giving you yards in the middle, wouldn't you rather have 20 than 10? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but I mean. Also, I, I'd say Wentz a lot could be, maybe some could be attributed to the offensive line because I was looking he was trying to make some plays. I think I'll give some credit to him there. He's got no, you know, I know you're a Wentz hater, but this might just be people making excuses for Wentz's, you know, it's the flip side of the coin, but Wentz is playing with a pretty bad offensive line after guys left, uh, got injured, you know, it used to be kind of solid. And he has, he has had no receivers these past two years, no receivers whatsoever. He was running out there for his life. Just, I mean, trying to make plays. I think honestly, Wentz played pretty well in the game had a few poor throws, but aside from that, he, he was just running around. It looked like he was making plays. So I, yeah, yeah. I like that at least. Yeah, I agree. I, the thing is I'm a Wentz hater, but I never thought that Wentz would be this bad. People are saying I was, I was reading. Okay. I was reading a tweet and people were saying like the announcers said like, Oh, good throw by Wentz. And it was just a completion. They were saying like the, the announcers that finally started starting treating Wentz like Trubisky where a completion is a positive. That's so true. With Trubisky, it's always like, I like the thing that Trubisky did here when it's just like a completion. Whereas it was yeah, like, it's, like, it's, like a, it's like a short pass. It's like babying him. Exactly. But Carson Wentz is a player. Let's get this straight. I don't think he's good. But also, <laughs> he's better than, than Trubisky by a mile. He has the talent. And I'm, I just think that he might not be elite, but he's for sure not, not as bad as Trubisky. And I think people have to start respecting or, him. Yeah, I told you, you have Trubisky compare syndrome. You compare every guy to Trubisky. Well, I so, mean, that's um, the quarterback I know the most about. Yeah, it makes sense, but it's just funny. It's just funny. It is funny. You do this. Okay, uh, moving on now. Chiefs-Patriots, this game was a lot closer than the score shows, I'd say, especially since there was a late quarter pick six. You know, if the Patriots have Cam Newton, I think they could pull away with a win there. That's my prediction. Bill Belichick remains amazing at scheming against... Um, 
these young quarterbacks, even though Patrick Mahomes doesn't seem too young after he's already won an MVP and a Super Bowl MVP. Um, Tony Romo, just a great announcer, first of all, always making you seem smarter, pointing out these little things about how, you know, this Patriots defense was tricking Patrick Mahomes into uh, waiting in the pocket for too long, getting hit. Of course, Patrick Mahomes still had a good game, but there was I think the score ball. doesn't show. The score lies a lot because um, this Patriots team was in the red zone a lot. Honestly, okay, the score was three to six, which I don't think anyone could have predicted in the third quarter. Uh, I, I was texting this. That might have been the most entertaining three to six game to that point I had ever watched because it wasn't like it was just a punt fest. There were drives to the red zone with just interceptions. And basically, to sum it up, what I'm trying to say is that with better quarterback play, I think the Patriots could have pulled away or definitely would have been a close game. Yeah, and I think that just – I think that this shows a lot about Belichick and a lot about Brady. And even though, obviously, Belichick wanted Brady to stay, I think Belichick was ready to say that – the the argument goes both ways. Brady's good because Belichick. Belichick's good because of Brady. And both of them were ready – to be able to just just say like Belichick, both of them want to be good because they're good, not because of another person. And I mean, this Chiefs game, it was pretty intense. And I'm happy with what ended up happening. And I mean, it was a closer game than what it's than what it showed. And the Chiefs played good football, and so did the Patriots. They played disciplined football. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I should call that discipline. The defense was disciplined, but the offense, Brian Hoyer the worst play of the game, taking a, a long sack with zero timeouts left. And he's a veteran guy. It's not like he's some rookie. He should know better than to take it. That's the one thing you can't do. That's what they always say. Taking the sack, going into halftime, and the Patriots lose themselves a field goal. It's just the mistakes like that, which I think were kind of uncanny for a Patriots team. But I guess that's what you get when you don't have just starting quarterback. Also, Julian Edelman, a veteran mistake dropping a pass I mean it might not have been perfectly on target but he dropped a catchable ball which led to a Tyron Matthew pick six yeah so I mean final game of the week Falcons Packers Packers are just rolling and rolling and rolling this time MVP of the game and fantasy team star even though it didn't matter at that point I was getting blown out so much Robert Godian or Robert Tanyan his real name uh put up three touchdowns I think a hundred something yards Packers get the win 30 to 16 Calvin really held to zero zero zero, which he's also on my fantasy team. So I know that one all too well, but um, enough about my fantasy team Oren just making all the wrong picks this week. What did you go? Oh, and 15. I think, I think they actually made you go. Oh, and 16 added another game because your picks were so bad this week. Anyway, Oren picked the Falcons to win because he's stinky, but uh Packers get the win. Definitely proving everyone wrong. I mentioned this uh, maybe after week one, week two. Packers went 13 and three last year. And I think they're kind of saying right now, everyone, pretty much everyone picked them going nine and seven, having a, or just picked them being a lot worse this year, having a significant drop. And this is the Packers saying, hey, we're still that same team as last year. Even if you didn't like our offseason moves, we still are that same team as last year. And they're proving that off to a four and start and Aaron Rodgers is looking his best in the past uh, in a while, despite the fact that his star receiver Devonte Adams has been injured. Yeah. And I think this team is a scary team and they do have holes, but I mean, they're, they're a really, really, really good team. And it pains me to say, but I mean, we'll see what ends up happening with them. Mm-hmm. 
All good right. Time. Moving on now to our week five predictions, or, and you can start it off with Bill's Titans. And that's an interesting game, especially since I just might add here at the start, if Titans had played the Steelers in this game, I think you might've had a better sense for what to pick here. But now that Titans, um, they didn't play, you don't know as much. So go on. Yeah. And I'm going to pick the bills here. I just am not the biggest fan of the Titans. I'm not saying they're bad, but I don't think that they're, they're beating the bills in this game. And I think the Bills go 5-0, and the Titans go 3-1. and You know, I, I, I've decided, even though I've been picking pretty well, I want to pick more upsets. You know, I only have a few upsets picked. I'm going with the Titans in this one. There's a lot of reasons to point to why I should pick the Bills. Are the Bills still undefeated? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm going to go with the Titans in this one. I think the Bills' defense is pretty bad. Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry can exploit that. And this Titans' defense might be able to hold back uh, Josh Allen, who knows? Both two good teams, I believe. So I'm going to go with the Titans to get the win here. All right. On to the Texans-Jaguars. And I have the Texans beating the Jaguars here. No no real surprise. I mean, the Texans... I don't know. That might be kind of a real surprise. One of them is 0-4. The other is... I mean, one of them is 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 hasn't won a game yet. And that's the Texans. What I'm trying to say here is the Texans are 0-4. Yeah, but they're still the favorite. I mean, I don't really think that there is that big of a debate. And I think that the Texans are going to win. I mean, the Jaguars aren't that great of a team. Uh, okay, uh, man. I mean, I would like to, to, to hate on the Texans for the second straight week here, but neither of these teams are looking great. I think finally, of course, there's going to be a lot of turmoil going on after the firing of Coach Bill O'Brien. But give me the Texans. It's about time to get a win. Yeah. All right. On to Ravens Bengals. And I mean, I have the Ravens. I don't think I have, you know, just listen to my last, my last argument. I don't remember. Okay. Yeah. Against the. No, just, just what I said about the Texans and Jaguars. It's one better team and one worse team, except this is a bigger gap. Like just a way simple. bigger gap. Yeah. Yeah. Ravens are going to eat. I think this defense can exploit Joe Burrow. Although I do like him. He's still a rookie quarterback and this Bengals defense is atrocious. Be ready to see 40 plus from the Ravens this week. So yeah. Ravens get the win, I think, too. All right. On Ooh, to interesting Falcons. game. Falcons Panthers. I'm going upset. Falcons. Is that the upset though? Oh, just because the Falcons haven't won yet. Yeah. I mean Falcons go one and four. Falcons are a better team than 0 and 14. That is true. The Falcons are a better team than the Panthers, and I could see uh, the better team than 0-4 probably, but they're just an underperformer as of late. I could see this game going either way, to be honest. I mean, the Panthers have been rolling. The Panthers are 2-0. and Give me, and I feel like, I mean, I'm leaning towards the Panthers, but I also feel like if you had picked the Panthers to win, then I might be leaning towards the Falcons. Mm. Pick your gut. My gut is the Panthers. I'm going to pick the Panthers. Panthers getting the win, even though... They're favored, but I could definitely see the Falcons. I'll tell you that much. Pick your gut. All right. That sounded very gross and not, not what I meant. Go with your right. gut is what you meant. But yeah. uh, Chiefs, Raiders. Again, I said the Chiefs, the Raiders would play teams tough, but they have a pretty tough schedule down the, down the line. They should be glad that they got the win against the Saints, so at least they're not going 0-3. That's my spoiler. Chiefs get the win here. I mean, they're just an invincible team for now. Um, Raiders are good, but not that good. Give me the Chiefs. 
they're not going to lose for a while now. They're looking invincible. I agree. Um, the Chiefs are looking very good, and the Raiders, I agree, they're going to fight them tough, but the Chiefs are going to win this game. Mm-hmm. Cardinals, Jets. I hope you don't pick the Jets or and give me the Cardinals. I think it's kind of self-explanatory. Um, I will say Jets. Cardinals are on a bad stretch, but they'll, they'll break it here. Give me the Jets. I like the Jets. No, I'm joking. Mm-hmm. Give me, give me the Cardinals. I don't think that there's a, like, like you said, it's kind of self-explanatory. Okay. Eagles Steelers. Give me the Steelers. <laughs> I was going to go on a whole thing about that whole long rivalry, blah, blah, blah. Eagles, they get a nice looking win, I guess, against the 49ers. But for now, Steelers are undefeated. Something interesting is that the Steelers, none of the teams the Steelers have beat have won a game. Uh, actually, that might have changed after this week. I don't know. I have to check the statistics. But either way, no matter what, um, Chiefs, I mean, Steelers have not beat many good teams, but they still have a top three defense, if not the best defense in the NFL. Uh, and Big De- Big Ben will, the veteran quarterback will prevail. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to argue with this one. Let's go Steelers. <laughs> Steelers it is. Rams versus Washington. Uh, Washington might be able to do something with their defense, but I'm not ready to pick them. You know, Dwayne Haskins is not a great quarterback anyway. John McVay's going to coach circles around him. Give me the Rams. Give me the Rams too. Sean McVay's, like I said, the, the Washington football team is a team that can be easily exploited. And with a good coach like Sean McVay, I can see that happening. Give me the, give me the football team. Huh? Give me the football team. Oh, you're picking the football team? And don't give me the football team. I don't oh, I was that. like, what? I was like, why are you saying that? So you're picking Sean McVay. Yes. And he ran McVay. to win. Okay, there you go. They're very confusing. I just wanted to say football team. Okay, quick question before Dolphins 49ers. Uh, what's the injury report for the 49ers, basically? Injury report for the 49ers. Jimmy G's out a few more more weeks. You yeah, think? Jimmy G's not sure if he'll return versus the Dolphins. And to be honest... I don't know if there's any other injury that I think will really affect this game that much. I'm going 49ers. Really? That's interesting. I mean, I guess your logic is that Eagles played them close and Dolphins are a worse team. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Go with your gut. I know you want to pick Dolphins. I do want to pick Dolphins, but I think you saying go with your gut is, is you know, you're just trying to encourage me to go into an upset so that we can even out the score. You know, I picked some bad picks this week. But my gut is telling me Dolphins. I'm not really sure why. I mean, I guess I might be buying into the Fitzmagic. Dolphins played the Seahawks tough. Uh, 49ers look beatable. They lost to the Cardinals in week one, too. But the Dolphins are also so bad. They're just not a good football team in any respect. Yeah. I don't know what my gut is. I think my gut is the 49ers. Okay, okay. I'm picking the 49ers. I'm picking the 49ers to win. That that wasn't your gut. That was your that was your brain. Your gut told you Dolphins, but you're going 49ers. Uh, I mean, I don't know what I what I think, but I Yeah, 49ers. It's got, come on. It's got Could you really see the Dolphins winning this game? I can see the Dolphins winning this game. No, you can't. It's got to be the 49ers. All right. As much as I'm thinking Dolphins, it's got to be 49ers. All right, on to Cowboys-Giants. The Giants open up as 9.5-point underdogs against the Cowboys, and I don't want the underdogs. Give me the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> How deceiving. Yeah, Giants are bad, basically. Cowboys, although they've had their share of 
ineptitudes on defense. This Giants offense is nothing, and the Cowboys offense is going to tear apart the Giants defense. Cowboys win big. All right, Patriots, Broncos, and let's get this straight. I'm not going to pick the Broncos, but this is going to be a close game. Patriots pull out slight victory because Newton won't be playing. Are you really? Oh, he could return for week five. That is interesting. Yeah, the Patriots have a pretty bad, you know, it'll be the battle of backup quarterbacks, but Belichick in the end, especially with this week where you can kind of sort things out. It was all rushed with the with last week. I think they'll have a week to sort things out, maybe get the quarterbacks to at least not throw a bunch of picks. Patriots get the win. All right, on to Browns-Colts. I don't know who's favorite here, but I'm taking the Colts. The Browns have a good offense, but the Colts' defense is for real. They're the number one defense in all statistical categories, and I'm not ready to call them number one, but they're very, very, very good. They have people flying around on the field. They have good they have good defensive line, good linebackers, good cornerbacks. I mean, they're a good defense, and they're going to yeah. be able to trick Baker Mayfield, and the Colts' offense won't need to do that much. Yeah, this is likely my Bears bias, but after watching the Colts, that is an exceptional defense for all the reasons that you just listed. They just seem like a very gritty team, a determined team. They all work as one unit, exciting defense. And they're all, you know, they're jumping around, flying around, I think was a good way to put it. And I think this Browns offense has a lot of potential, but it's also very turnover prone. Baker can be forced into mistakes. I think the Colts are going to, this Colts defense is going to put Phillip Rivers into some good field position uh, places and Colts are going to get the win. All right, on to Seahawks-Vikings. And to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not going to say I wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings won. But my gut, I mean, the Seahawks are, Russell Wilson is playing like the worst cornerbacks in the league. What? Oh, never mind. I did not understand what you're saying. Yes. Excuse me. That confused me. They're very, very, very poor, and they lack in that position. And I mean, Russell Wilson is going to, eat all day and i just can't see cousins being able to keep up with wilson go with your gut orn go with your gut seahawks i said Seahawks. i know i know the deciding factor here is just cousins in primetime football even if i do have some spark of uh confidence in this vikings team and like i said i'm not ready to rule them out the seahawks team is rolling 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 russell wilson like you're saying has all the matchups in the world and it's kirk cousins in primetime i gotta go with the seahawks all right on to Saints Chargers, and I'm going to pick – you know what? You go first because I know you're going to pick the Chargers so I can go pick the Saints. Okay, Chargers Saints, very interesting matchup. The veteran quarterback, Drew Brees, plays, the, plays Justin Herbert. You think I'm going to pick the Chargers? No, 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 no. I do like the Chargers, but not enough. Drew Brees pulls away. I think these – I don't really know why. I just, I, just, I just see the Saints getting the win here and setting their season on track. Me too. I mean, the Saints are 2-2, two and two and they know they need a big win. It's not like they're playing the most elite team ever. So, I mean, we'll see. Do you really think I was going to pick the Chargers? Yeah, I did. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess I seem like a Herbert fan, but whatever. I, I, he's got some – we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So, now talking about the Bears, which might wipe the smile off my face. We can do initial reactions first things. Um, I'll start off with my initial reaction. Like we were saying about the Colts, this Colts defense is legit. And, of course, it's easy to say that if you're a Bears fan and you're used to offensive ineptitude, it might just be that they're making, you know, that 
this Bears bad offense is making the Colts defense look better than it actually is. But I believe like this Colts defense is definitely legit. And I understand why you were hyping up the Colts, to be honest, at the start of the season. Uh, they've got some very talented guys and they just completely outplayed and outcoached this Bears team. Terrible loss. The final score was 19 to 11. It was really 19 to 3 if you're watching that game at all. Uh, Nick Foles, there's very, <laughs> there's not many positives I can take out of this Bears loss, to be honest. If we're talking about studs and duds, mostly the whole team was a dud. And I think this is what I'll kind of go around here for a little bit. Sorry if I ramble, then you can add on to anything I'm saying. But this is this was my concern in that at the start of the season, you were talking about how Matt Nagy wanted to have more of a run-first offense, which yeah. made you very happy. It made it seem like I was adjusting. But my concern is kind of showing off basically in this Colts game. And, of course, it might be kind of exaggerated by that the Colts' defense – is one of the best in the NFL. So this problem might not prevail as much as I believe it or like, as it seems like it will, but basically Matt Nagy tried to run the ball, but he just running it up the middle and he wasn't very creative in his play calls, despite the fact, I mean, they, okay. To be honest, they weren't running it that much. There were like 18 carries on the game, but there were just runs up the middle and they weren't that great runs. And that's why, so I'm calling Matt Nagy a dud and his play calling. I think that they needed some creative play calling that game. They needed some jet sweeps, some something to get the offense going because it was just so lame watching. And I think they needed a little bit of fun, a little bit of magic. And I think Nagy's a coach who can pull that out of somewhere, but he just did not, he just appeared out of nowhere. So Nagy's a dud on the game. Uh, Let's go off the list here. David Montgomery, kind of a dud. You know, last year at the start of this offseason, I was so high on him. But the more I watch him, this is what I think about him. He is very good at breaking tackles. He bounces around tackles, but then he'll just get tackled again. Like he, he'll, he'll break one tackle, but move forward like two yards. And it's not, he never even breaks away for big plays. And I think that his lack of speed is like, that's, that's part of his lack of speed that he might break a tackle or two, but he won't move that far up the field. So it's not even that big of a deal. Uh, let's think some more duds. Uh, you know, I guess, I guess as for others, that, those are the main things, but it was just a very depressing game to watch as a Bears fan watching Nick. I don't, I don't think we should do studs and duds because there's not really much debate on. This. I know I'm just doing duds and duds. I'm just naming, I'm just rambling. Sorry about that. But basically, and also you can talk about Nick Foles because I didn't cover him that much. You can, your turn now. I'm going to try to keep it concise. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to explain to you something. You understand this and I do too. The Bears went 3-0, and right? Yep, I did understand that. The Bears played one good quarter against the, 49, against the Lions, one and a half good quarters against the Falcons, and two good quarters against the Giants, right? Yep. So what do you think about that? You can look at it in both – you can look at it both ways, right? The, the Bears played two good quarters. They're only primed for an up – they're only primed to become better, or they played only two good quarters. They're not going to be good. Class. I think that there's only one good way. To, there's only one way to look at that, and that's wow. This Bears team is overhyped. They can't even play a full game of football, and they just rely on these final quarter comebacks or these first quarter games. They haven't. They still haven't played a full game yet. Yeah, but you can also make the argument: well, they haven't had a preseason. They're still adjusting to things. Their offense isn't click. They have a new quarterback. Yeah, yeah. but it took, there was that whole thing about waiting for the offense to click in last year. I think by this point, you think that it happened already. 
Yes, but also last year the offense was worse than it was this year. And this year showed way more promise. But that's not even the point. The point is that you can look at it both ways. And this game, if the Bears came back heroically in the fourth quarter, people would completely forget about it. That's not true. That's just not true at all. Really? Yeah. You think that people would, if the Bears heroically came back in the fourth quarter, I think people would just for forget. No, if you, if you think people would forget, then why do you think the Bears are being trashed as the worst 3-0 team? People don't forget what yes, happened in the other context. They would still be saying, oh, that game, you know, that doesn't tell the full story. Because they're trashed because they're competition. The Colts are good competition. No, they would definitely not. People definitely would not forget. They would say the Bears played badly that game and they still don't deserve to be 4-0. I can tell you that. But All that right. doesn't even matter what people think because we're talking about, you know, the, the actual talent. Yes, I think that I'm not ready to write off the Bears because I still think that the Bears show a lot of potential and a lot of promise. And I think that this matchup... Well, I'm not talking about writing off the Bears. I mean, they're still 3-1. and one. I'm, I'm trying to say is that I'm, I hear stuff, the Bears are bad. You should have kept Trubisky in. Hold your horses. Trubisky has bad games. One, I'm a Trubisky supporter. Let's get this straight. Mm-hmm. If you watch this podcast, I advocate for Trubisky. Benjamin knows that I'm a big, big, big Trubisky. I, I, I felt bad when he got benched, but Trubisky plays like this once in every three games. Now you suddenly want Trubisky to come back in once you guys play the best defense in the NFL. All I'm going to say is that people who, people who are saying that Trubisky should go back in, wait. Have patience. Okay. 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 So that's interesting. If you don't want to add anything else, I think we can move on to week four here because you're saying, or week five five here, you know, if you're saying have patience, will week five be the week when this offense fully clicks or do they get their second L or I'll let you talk about this game. So now I'm going to ask you a question. Mm -hmm. If you were Nick Foles, who, what, what would you rather play a team with, uh, what do you think would help your team more? A team with a bad run defense, but good pass defense, or good run defense, bad pass defense? What do you think will help the team most to win? Bad pass defense. All right, so that's the Buccaneers. Was that the wrong answer? Was that the right answer? There's no right. It's an opinion. I know, but I don't know if you're looking for something to segue into. I think just the 49ers would rather play a bad run team. But the, the Chiefs would rather play a bad pass. I know. Team. I'm just saying, despite the fact that the Bears are historically a running team, if you look, there hasn't been really a game when David Montgomery's broke out in these past, or even Jordan Howard. When the Bears have had their excellent games, it's been because they're passing. I think the point is that, you know, you can always expect something good out of the running back. The logic here. Yeah. You can always expect something at least pretty good out of the running back. So when the bears passing offense does well shows that the bears offense is doing well in general. Does that make sense? Yes. So that's why uh, when they play bad pass defenses and I'm thinking about, you know, they played the Buccaneers two years ago to receive through for six touchdowns. They played the Redskins last year and Trubisky three through for three touchdowns in the second quarter. And those seem like their most complete games as a unit. So I think that definitely playing bad pass defenses helps them the most. So Benjamin, I'm going to read you something and then I, you can do your pick. I'm not trying to convince you either way, but I'm going to read you something and then you can, this will help you. Well, I'd like you to make your pick first, to be honest, because I'm, I'm well, I'll very, say this. I'll very say this. not sure. 
I'll say this and then I'll make my pick, mm-hmm. right? The Bears had two players who haven't practiced the past two days, Deion Bush and Sherrick McManus, right? Yeah. Not a big deal. The Buccaneers have had Mike Evans hasn't practiced both days. Leonard Fournette hasn't practiced both days. Chris Godwin hasn't practiced both days. OJ Howard on injury reserve. LaShawn McCoy hasn't practiced both days. Scotty Miller hasn't practiced both days. Justin Watson hasn't practiced both days. All their four starting receivers haven't practiced both days. Their starting tight end hasn't practiced. Both their starting running backs haven't practiced. Not starting, but two of their three starting running backs haven't practiced. All right? Mm-hmm. The Bears could be getting a huge break. Huge. Yeah, that's why it's an advantage that this game is Thursday night. Exactly. But I'm going to pick the Buccaneers. Oh, okay. Okay, very interesting. I was not expecting that. But give me your reasoning. Can the Bears bounce back? Yes. But I think with this this offseason, we were debating about the Bears, right? Mm-hmm. And me and you had Bears prediction, and you were asking why will the Bears be like 2018 and not 2019, and I was asking why will the Bears be like 2019 and not 2018. Yeah, right. And we were arguing about it. Yep. We forgot to for, we forgot to to mention every year is different. When we interviewed Ted Larson, you remember Ted Larson? Yep. Yes. We asked him why the Bears did bad from 2018 to 2019. He yeah. mumbled a few things about not working hard. And, you know, he, he, he did recently tweet something about, like, not really working hard in the Bears. So I thought it was funny. But uh, uh, we'll talk about it later. It's not he that said the Bears didn't work hard or that? Oh, it was like Kyle Long was kind of, like, like saying, like, Nagy, like, is going to go and, like, play some fun games or something. And, like, Ted Larson said something to respond to that. That's not the point. Okay, the yeah. point is, is that we asked Ted Larson, and you know what he said? What? Winning a game in – you didn't say this, but this is what he like, – concept that we said winning a game of football is incredibly hard and every single year is different we spent too much time looking at this team 2018 versus 2019 rather than thinking this is a new team this is 2020 okay so go on give me i want to hear your reason for your pick all right this is a new team this team in 2018 they would have come back and done well 2019 they wouldn't have this is a new team and this team crumbled under the pressure all right and you can look they did bad under the pressure under the, against the Colts. Under the against the Colts, but under the pressure of being down fifteen, they totally not, came not, back. Not under the pressure sure. of being down under, seventeen, under, they came under, back. Not, I think if you're looking for an adjective to describe the Bears, it wasn't crumbling under the pressure is kind of they, of all the negative adjectives you could use. Folded, that's not a good one. Folded under the competition. Yeah, fine. They they fun. And this Buccaneers team, no matter what you believe is a well-coached and good team. And I think that the Buccaneers are going to be able to exploit the Bears' holes. The Bears are not riding momentum. The Bears are kind of complacent where they are. They really haven't done anything. You look at week one, they had club dub. They were also happy. Week two, they were a bit less happy. And week three, they said their club dub was good, not amazing, because they knew they should have done better. Their momentum of those three games slowly ran out. And then week four, it all went out. Can the Bears bounce back? Yes. Would I be surprised? No. Am I rooting for them to bounce back? Yes. <laughs> that's that, that's a bit of uh, obvious. But, okay. I mean, to be honest, I see the Buccaneers winning this game. Man, you put me in such a tough position here, Oren. I'm just going to be totally honest. I enjoy being the bad guy for the Bears. I enjoy being the negative guy. So far, I've picked the Bears to win all four weeks. And I, I don't want to be. I'm a bad guy. I don't I'm want. A bad guy. Yeah, I don't want it to be 
I picked the Bears to lose, or I picked the Bears to win. Well, you, like you're the first one to pick the Bears to lose. I picked the Bears to lose week one. You did? Yeah, against the Lions. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. Are you sure? Did I pick them to lose? Maybe, but remember we did week Bears predictions. I had the Bears losing week one, and I had the Bears losing against the Colts. Pretty sure. No, but you picked them to lose week one, like at the start when it was when we were doing NFC. We were doing Bears predictions and then Bears predictions. Then our next podcast was week two. That's interesting. Yeah, you actually might be right. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. That's interesting. I didn't think about that. So anyway, yeah, you've been more negative on the Bears than I have been, despite all of you know our talks where I seem like the negative guy. And wow, I honestly can't say. I mean, I'm just gonna stall talking for a while. Maybe I can come to a decision. Like. So the pros and cons here are that the Buccaneers are without their Benjamin. I picked I picked the Colts to win, pretty good. Before the year, picking the Colts to win. Yeah, Clap but you didn't pick me. the Colts to win before the game, which is more important. Yeah, I know, but still, clap it up for me. <laughs> uh, no, no, before the game is what matters way more, way more. Yes, I um, know. But anyway, go through this pros and cons for me so I can get a decision. Right. So first of all, a major pro is that it's Tom Brady, but also. Tom Brady's a turnover-prone quarterback. I think that, honestly, okay, I think I'm leaning towards the Bears for this reason. I Before the game started, I was thinking, of course, you know, it's 20, hindsight is 2020, but right before the Bears game started, I was talking to my dad, and I was saying, I'm a little bit nervous for this game. I think that the Colts match up very well against the Bears team. Even before the game started, I said that. They match up incredibly well. The Colts have an exceptional defense, run defense and pass defense. The Colts are a team who um, offensive implements. Yeah, they have a great offensive line. And I think that this Bears offense, yeah, they have a great offensive line. And the Bears defense is propelled by an outstanding pass rush and an outstanding, like, an outstanding pass rush. So if the offensive line is great, then they, they can shut that down. I think that the Colts have a pretty good running back in Jonathan Taylor. And the Bears don't have a great pass deep. Uh, run defense, and then Philip Rivers is a guy who can get it done in the red zone. Basically, the Colts matched up well against the Bears. I think the Bucks do not match up well against the Bears. Tom Brady is a quarterback who can get it done, of course, but he's also incredibly turnover prone. I, you might see another pick, some pick six, especially if Tom Brady is playing with guys that he might not have even practiced within this offseason since it's going to be the backup guys. Um. Like I was saying, I think it's better for the Bears that they're playing against this um, this pass de- this bad pass defense because the Bears historically have better games when they're playing against a bad pass defense. Yeah. Um, so basically, the Bears match up very well. I think that this Thursday is a disadvantage to both teams, but definitely more to the Buccaneers just because they're without so many guys. But with that said, uh, the Bears still they might need longer to adjust after this bad loss. Uh, but I think Nick Foles might be able to exploit this Buccaneers team. I got to pick the Bears to win. All right. I'm Good going with the Bears. I'm, hey, I'm, I'm, very, I'm very proud. That makes me happy. Yeah. Whenever yeah. you're playing against the Bears, it makes me feel bad. But whenever I do it, I don't feel bad. So good, good, good job. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Good podcast. Bold, bold prediction. Mm-hmm. Eddie Jackson pick six. That's not too bold. You know, he's the one. He's He's had some picks. I mean, he, he had that pick six against the Giants. Tom Brady throws a bunch of pick sixes, especially if they get a defensive touchdown, then they could be rolling. I'm excited for Thursday night because, you know, normally football is football. 
but watching the Bears on Thursday night, that'll be awesome. So I'm excited for that. Hopefully I had some upsets this week in my picks just to be a little bit spicy. Hopefully it works out. All right. This was the wrong day today. This is the wrong week to pick upsets. I feel like all of them were kind of clear cut. You should have waited one more week to be bold. Hey, hey, you told me to go in my gut. Come on. What is this? Okay, uh, stay safe, guys. Wear your masks, of course, and uh, bye. If you enjoyed this episode of From the Den, please remember to comment or leave a review depending on your listening platform. Or if you're a Packers fan, remember to write some nasty reviews and comments. Thanks for listening, and bear down.